Before we begin, we would like to thank a few people for giving us five-star reviews. Providing reviews on iTunes and other podcast directories, as well as Facebook, helps us get the podcast out to more listeners. If you enjoy this podcast, please post up a review. It really helps. Now here is a shout-out to our fabulous listeners who gave us a five-star review. We will eventually get to all of you, so hang in there. Special thanks goes out to Socrates Monsur, Kaylin Klineski, and Lisa Sabo. Your support of this podcast is truly appreciated. It was a bright, sunny day when Ron Yakimchuk and his wife Terry Petit decided to head east across Canada. They had big plans and were excited to start their new life. Ron and Terry left Edmonton, Alberta, Canada on June 9, 1973 to head east to Montreal, attend a friend's wedding, and then settled down in the Maritimes, where Ron hoped to land a teaching position, and Terry, a journalist, intended to seek employment at the newspaper. En route, they stopped into friends in Brandon, Manitoba, and the next day mailed a one-word postcard back home to family in Edmonton, telling them they had made it as far as Dryden, Ontario, in time and without a breakdown, and owed a $50 bet. However, Ron and Terry did not show up at the wedding as planned, and were never seen from again. This is Unsolved Mysteries of the World, Season 4, Episode 9, The Unsolved Disappearance of Terry Petate and Ron Yakimchuk. Ron and Terry had packed up their 1959 Volkswagen Beetle as much as possible. The faded red color and mismatched green hood and fender made the vehicle stand out but not nearly as much as the six-foot-bright white kayak tied to the roof and as many boxes and household supplies packed into the tiny back seat. The bright yellow Alberta license plate would also have stuck out to any eyewitnesses. Friends said that the couple were adventurous and even said they may travel as far as Europe. At the time, however, only Terry had a passport. Ron was described as laid-back and extremely sensible and mature, and would not have made any quick decisions. Terry is described as more adventurous, who drank scotch whiskey, rolled her own cigarettes, and loved to drag friends off on adventures. The last known location, according to police, is that the couple were in Dryden, Ontario. Police are uncertain if they continued on the journey through Canada via Highway 1, which at the time was narrow, hilly, and very remote, or if they decided to cross into the United States at International Falls, and continued to Duluth, Minnesota via larger and faster interstate highways to cut across and slip back into Canada near Sault Ste. Marie or even Detroit. At the time, no records were kept of border crossings. It is uncertain if they did cross any borders at all. Since their last known location, their bank accounts were never used. Ron's life insurance policy was never cashed in, and the couple, even after all these years, has never been declared dead. What is more baffling is that the highly visible VW Beetle and all the contents, including the kayak, disappeared as well. Police indicate they have received tips over the years, but nothing significant has ever surfaced. However, Vivian McCrory indicated she witnessed the vehicle and occupants in July of 1973 in Perry Sound, Ontario, some 1,450 kilometers southeast of Dryden, Ontario. She says... I phoned the police at the time, and they didn't even take my phone number and name. 
I swear it was the same car. Vivian says she remembers it well because the 1959 VW was parked on the roadway with the couple and another man standing near it, and her husband slammed on the brakes and swerved around it, narrowly avoiding an accident. She remembers seeing an Alberta license plate as well. The vehicle was in the southbound lanes of Highway 69, and the rear engine hood was up. There was no sign of the white kayak tied to the roof, however. There was a tall, slim fellow with dark hair and a hippie haircut, she says. He was standing more in the ditch. There was this other man and a woman, and they were on the left-hand side in front of the vehicle. I couldn't see the man particularly well. He was pretty well behind the woman. He wasn't much taller than her, however. Ontario Provincial Police Detective Constable Scott Johnston says he is following up on these tips from some 35 years ago and indicated there was another incident with a VW at about the same time that may be related, but he won't elaborate. When the couple did not make it to the wedding, friends and family were concerned, but not overly taken up by the couple's absence. The report of them missing came weeks later, and it took months before any earnest search of the couple even began. Adding to the mystery is that friend Winston Gearlock said, Terry told me they were going away, and nobody would find them for a while. Friends did some snooping on their own. They checked to see whether the driver's licenses were renewed, or social assistance was being collected, or even taxes being paid. As time went on, I think we said that if they went underground, boy, they did it really well, because they just sank without a trace, adds Gerlach. Police have also collected DNA from family members to check on unidentified remains. So far, there have been no matches, and the case remains unsolved. Thank you for listening to Unsolved Mysteries of the World. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or your other favorite podcast directory, and subscribe, rate, and review. We would really appreciate your support. If you haven't already, join us on Facebook to enhance this episode with photos, illustrations, and lively discussion. Look for our suggested links and do share this podcast with others. Perhaps you or someone you know will have a solution to this mystery. This podcast is created by Cold Rasta Studios and includes music and sound effects by John Savoy, Albert Ray, Gerardo Garcia Jr., Rana Szilard, Madia Cupelli, Alex Lisi, Martin Kahlberg, and Adrian von Ziegler.